Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Read, Watch, Play podcast. My name is Caleb Ward, and I am joined today by co-host Stephen Elwell. Hey, Stephen. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, doing pretty good. Um, just hanging out here at my house. <laughs> yeah, I feel that that is exactly what I'm doing. So, to introduce you to the podcast, this, since this is our very first episode, obviously right now it is May 1st on 2020, so that means that if you are listening to this in the future, um, what you're probably, you might not, you probably remember, or maybe you don't, is the fact that we are currently in quarantine, and so we're spending a lot of time indoors, and that that time indoors gives us lots of time to enjoy lots of content such as i don't know books movies video games and we've been wanting to do this podcast for i don't know months maybe half yeah. a year maybe more i mean we had a radio show last year um and that was delightful and we really wanted to evolve that and now felt like the right time to do that because, number one, we have time to actually consume more content, and we also have the time to to discuss it and to, to make the podcast episodes. So, I don't know. I'm really excited. How are you feeling about things, Stephen? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, too. Um, kind of like how you said, we've been wanting to do this for a while, and it just... Things never really seem to work out, and it just... It took a long time to kind of get it going, and so now is kind of like the perfect time to get good starting ground, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Me too. I'm pumped. So the general premise of the podcast is that each week we're going to take some piece of content, whether it's a movie or a video game or a book, and we're going to either do a big deep dive analysis into that piece of content or we're just going to have a discussion about what we are consuming that week what we are taking in what we're watching reading and playing and this week to start things off we decided to talk about a movie and we're talking about the movie her by spike jones and i am not particularly familiar with this director I haven't seen anything else that he's done. Uh, I think he did Where the Wild Things Are, the live-action adaptation that was released in 2009, I believe. We wanted, to, we wanted to start with her because right now we both felt like the, the theme of an experience of isolation is incredibly relevant, especially isolation as it relates to technology because we are having to lean on technology in such a way that it can connect us to one another as we are apart from one another in the middle of quarantine. And uh, having uh, having watched it, I absolutely think it was a perfect starting place because it's something I personally connected to. I I just felt really strongly it resonated with me uh, and it has resonated with a lot of the feelings that I've been experiencing. How give me a general sense of how it resonated with you, Stephen. 
Um, I I think just in general, it was it was a good sign, also like of the things we're going through as a society, but also kind of like, um, I don't know, kind of looking towards the future of like how things are gonna be and how. Uh, it, it left me a lot with there's a lot of questions to be asked that we haven't necessarily asked yet. And so I think I, I think the thing that resonated with me the most is it's it was a movie that was like the future's coming and it's coming fast, but not necessarily in a scary or terrifying kind of way, just kind of like things are gonna happen and that's okay right i think there's a tendency when you do some kind of future based film um, or story to home in on the elements of that future that are terrifying the um i don't know like artificial intelligence is going to take over or the um I don't know, we're going to become lazy and we're not going to do anything and the world is going to turn to waste, um, like Wally. And I think those stories are necessary. But I also really like this film's approach to just... It felt it felt both modern and futuristic in the same t- at the same time in that the the characters and the experiences that are taking place were not... Um, it didn't seem unrealistic. It didn't seem as if it was trying to, it was, it wasn't over dramatizing the changes that were taking place. It was just taking a more kind of casual day to day approach to looking at what is the human relationship with technology going to look like in the future. And I would say there probably are some scary things about it. Um, and some hard truths about it that are addressed in, in the movie about that relationship. But it doesn't spend time um, stirring up fear or, like, villainizing technology. Did you, did you get that feeling at all that it was, um, that it was villainizing technology? Not, not really. Uh, I kind of just more of got the idea that, like, not that technology is a bad thing, but that it's just, um, it's something that can be good, um, if used correctly, and also just, like, um, not necessarily that technology is bad, but, like, if you let technology consume you, that could be a danger. Right. Um, I think this the scary thing to me was the availability and the possible uses of the intelligence that exists. Yeah. Like, what's the... It's not even in the film, but it's the thinking of what someone could do with this technology in a weaponized environment. So before we before we jump into the the actual like plot and dissecting really what the movie means to us, I thought we would spend a little bit of time just 
sharing general thoughts about the movie, things that stood out to you, things that, I don't know, maybe resonated with you. What what was something that really, really jumped out at you? Um, the uh, big thing for me, and I think a lot of other people that watch this movie too, um, something that really jumped out to me and stood out was the colors, the color usage in this movie. Um, I, you can tell right away from like trailers, um, posters, anything like that. It has a really unique, um, color palette and at times throughout the movie, it really stood out to me that the colors might have, um, meaning behind them. And so, um, really the color palette of this movie, uh, stood out to me. And another thing that stood out besides that was, um, the acting because um the main character in the movie is played by Joaquin Phoenix who his most recent role was uh the Joker in Joker and this was a completely different character for him um this was something new and really interesting to see him in and the way the movie set up it's a lot of his acting and I, I think of everything in the movie, those were the two biggest things that stood out to me as something noteworthy, and they've kind of stuck with me. And a lot of the color, honestly, has stuck with me and made me analyze, like, what does color mean today, and how color used in, say, um, a short story... A hundred years ago could mean something completely different than what color means today. And so I I, I think I was left with a pretty good, not a good idea of what the colors meant, but like in a thought that I wanted to dive deeper into what those colors meant to me. Absolutely. I think it's interesting that those were the two things that stood out to you because when I remember specific moments from the film i'm not remembering the 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 sets or the specific um the specific like clothing or or the specific details the things that are standing out to me in my memory are the face of joaquin phoenix and the colors that are decorating the the shot and i think i think those two things are both very very powerful. Joaquin Phoenix obviously has such uh, such a control of his face. I think he has he does a lot of facial acting in and it sounds it sounds a little bit weird to say, but he, he's so expressive in that so much of this movie is intimate moments between his character and uh, Samantha, the artificial intelligence and other, other characters, primarily, and other characters, primarily female characters, and his ability to demonstrate his feelings, the, the feelings that are not probably easily quantifiable, but to, dis- to express an idea of a feeling in those moments. I think that's, I think that's really powerful. And I also think that the use of color helps to establish a tone that this isn't, the whole movie to me, 
feels mellow. It doesn't feel particularly strong. It isn't just insanely moving or very subdued. It's just mellow. And I think there's almost a peaceful, kind of a peaceful sense to watching it, even in the moments of kind of character confusion and some of the emotional turmoil it just it just feels mellow the the color palette for this movie is very um it it reminds me a lot of um marriage story honestly um very um pastel and soft and um intimate just like and it and that's interesting for a movie like this because um a lot of times movies set in the future are like um intense and also are um expressed as kind of like revolutionary movies where like there's an uprising or um just some something like that but this movie's very much just like the main story has nothing to do it, it has very little to do with society it's more of just an analysis of a character and a relationship kind of similar to um marriage story i'm so glad you mentioned marriage story because the very first thing i wrote down when i when i started watching the movie the very very first thing that stood out to me was the similarity was a similarity that I noticed to Marriage Story. So that brings us perfectly into the discussion of the chronology of events in the film. To to kind of start off, the movie opens with Theodore reading a letter. And he's he's looking into the camera and he's reading a letter. And the first thought that I had is, oh, he's reading a letter to someone that he loves or from someone that he loves. And it's kind of establishing um, that he's a very sentimental person and that he has a strong, intimate connection with someone. But then it kind of pulls the rug out from under you and you realize, oh, this actually isn't a letter that he, that um, was from him to another person, but that was written by him for another person to send to someone else. And you learn that he is a, that he's a writer of cards in this way. And that to me reminded me a lot of the marriage story opening because you have the reading of the letter from Charlie to, uh, I think Nicole is her name. And they, you're, they're reading both of their letters. And you think, oh, wow, this is a story about a marriage. This is going to be very sweet. And it establishes a tone and it gives you information about these characters. And then it recontextualizes that. And you realize, oh, they're actually reading these letters in a marriage counseling session. And here you realize, oh, he's not actually sending this letter from him to another person. It's being written for another person to send to someone else. And... I think that works really well because it's still the information that it's conveying is still accurate. He's an empathetic person. He is uh, very emotionally sensitive. And in that way, the scene is giving us 
that information. But it is also giving us the information that he doesn't actually have this relationship. And it's kind of establishing a scenario where maybe he's more isolated than that opening shot would have you think. What, what were your thoughts on this opening scene? Uh, it, kind of like what you said, it, it establishes a lot in very little time. Um, it gives us a good a good deal of information about the main character and kind of I think it kind of sets up a huge tone of the movie like immediately out of the gate of just empathy and um, relationship and it, it's really interesting uh, it it's an interesting bit of world building that kind of takes a back seat in this movie um the society itself kind of takes a back seat but it was just interesting to me that like in the future there's a company dedicated to writing handwritten letters for you like hmm. it's it's such a busy time um that there are businesses set up to write your letters like handwritten letters and um, I I just thought it was interesting that that was something that is established in this society um, because it kind of tells a little bit about the society and sets up even more um, the world we're in where relationships are important but they're also um, they're not as intimate as they are like say today where like if you want to write someone a love letter today it's like oh well i'll sit down get pen and paper and pour my heart out to them but in this society it's kind of like oh well this person sends who they want the letter for a couple details maybe a picture of them and kind of let someone else do the hard work for them and so I, I feel like that movie, that scene, at the very, very beginning, sets up a huge tone for what this movie is about. Um, it, it does a lot of exposition. It gives us the society we're in. It gives us our main character. And it's a really good, um, I think it's a really good beginning, uh, especially after you've seen the movie and you realize kind of what's going on and what the movie's about, you kind of realize like, oh, okay, there was been hints about this since the very beginning. Yeah, I completely agree. I also really like the fact that going off of what you were saying, I really like the idea that this is a society that is not well-versed in the art of being emotional and being sensitive. And because of technology, you get the sense that people have kind of grown apart and are not super intimate with one another and have more casual relationships. And being vulnerable in that way is kind of a difficulty. And I think that puts Theodore in a really unique position because he is so talented at uh, expression of emotion. And Throughout the next set of scenes, you get the sense that Theodore is very, very lonely. 
he is depicted walking through the city and it is just a massive shot and he's just this lone individual kind of small in comparison to the size of the shot and it really just establishes the sense that he feels out of place and he doesn't feel like he has connection to other people even though we are also introduced to some of the other characters in the story uh, being Chris Pratt's character and Amy Adams' character both of them feel like casual relationships where maybe there's a friendship there but it's not much more than just a casual friendship and that leaves Theodore alone yeah it's it's kind of the relationship that spawns out of like oh well i go to work with this person i see them every day yes so the occasional high is kind of due and the same thing like oh we know each other from college we live in the same building i'll say hi i'll drop by every once in a while but other than that it's not like there there's no real deep rooted connections and and i feel like what you were talking about earlier um in some shots especially between when he's coming going from work to his apartment yeah i love that um, i love that montage there's a few scenes with him in crowds and what's interesting is a lot of times shots with crowds are there's a lot of commotion going on um a lot of talking and it's the same here but it introduces us to the fact that there's people rely a lot on their technology. And so people are talking, but it's more of they're talking to um, their devices. I don't know if it's, it's kind of a all in one thing. It's not really just a phone, um, but they're all talking to this and they're like going through social media or news or things and no one's really talking to each other it's more of just people in their own isolated um isolated boxes could not yeah. really connecting with anyone and and i think again those things kind of pop up in the background to set the stage for like everybody's a little bit lonely but then theodore um you see in the first like few uh, minutes of the movie that he's a lot more alone than the people in this society even yeah what what absolutely astonished me was when i looked up this movie's release date after about halfway through watching the movie and this movie came out in december of 2013 so In hindsight, that doesn't seem too dramatic. But then I just looked up and discovered that AirPods released mid-2016. And so much of her is oriented around the relationship between um, the individual and their phones and electronic devices. And so there are many scenes where people, especially Theodore, are depicted having conversations with an earpiece that is just barely visible in their ear. And knowing that 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 was uh, made three to four years before that technology was popularized, I don't know, it's, it's kind of surreal to me to realize how just 
how much they got it right. And even in 2013, yes, technology was highly uh, relevant and highly um, popularized. But to the extent that this movie portrays it, honestly, I just feel like so, uh, so much of there's so many scenes in the movie that could have been filmed in real life. And you could have convinced me in 2020 that that was actually something that was happening. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense here. Um, but it, I just feel like it did a really, really good job of kind of saying, this is where technology is going to go. And this is how we're going to interact with it. It's going to be so interconnected with you that you're going to carry it in your ear. You're going to talk to it. You're going to um, have such a close relationship with it that it begins to kind of blockade you from other relationships. Yeah, it, it's really different from the technology in, like, say, Blade Runner, where it's right. like, it's not flying cars and, like, all these things, but it's technology that could be seen next year. <laughs> like, it's it's something that, because it's set in such a realistic and believable um, future... I, I think it makes that message much, much more connectable. Yeah. I think the word that I was really looking for was subtle. It's mm. predicting the future in really subtle, but totally spot on different nuanced ways. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about the introduction of Samantha. So we have we have learned that uh, Theodore is very lonely and he sees an advertisement at work that there is a new revolutionary life-changing product and we learn pretty quickly that that is an artificial intelligence he goes home immediately the very next cut is him reading the instructions for this artificial intelligence pro- product and he sets it up and he seems to have uh, some hesitancy. He he seems to be uncertain of what it's going to be like or how real it's going to be. And he seems to be kind of shocked at how nuanced the uh, the product actually is, how nuanced Samantha is. W- what were your thoughts about that? Um, it, it was funny because, like, the first... Um... At the beginning, like, the thing that he has for his technology in his earpiece is, like, very, um, Siri-like, just robotic, um, neutral kind of thing. And then the moment he connects to Samantha, the operating system, it's like, um, she's played by Scarlett Johansson. Such a a great casting choice. Yeah. And, um... It's like a huge difference because you can just, you can hear her voice as if she does have a physical body. Like, it feels like you can hear the vocal cords and the, um, just everything. And it's a huge difference that it kind of, it kind of puts the audience in the same position of like, oh, like that's completely different. And so yes. um, I, I thought that scene was really cool because you could see 
in him, the kind of hesitation to it and um, the differences between the beginning and towards like the middle of the movie, how he refers to um, he refers to Samantha as he's like, you're my computer. This is weird. Mm-hmm. Like you're just supposed to read my emails. I'm not like yeah. <laughs> talking to you. And then he switches from like that to treating her like a person and interacting with Samantha, this operating system, who's an artificial intelligence as just another individual instead of his computer. And that's kind of, it's interesting how his guard up, his guard is up at first and he's very hesitant, but then that kind of drops the more he interacts with her. I love how uh, just charismatic that whole conversation is and, and how witty their their first set of banter is. You get the you get the impression that Samantha is very socially talented. She is not robotic in the way that we would typically expect an artificial intelligence to have a specific set of automated responses. Rather, she's very dynamic and funny, and even Theodore is starting to see that as they begin to talk, and he's surprised, he's kind of laughing. It might be the first time we see him kind of smile and laugh in the movie, as mm-hmm. he is is just kind of awed at the just the amount of nuance and the amount of uh, just dynamic social interaction that Samantha has. So, as the movie progresses, we realize and we learn slowly in in a delayed way. I really liked how they delayed this, that Theodore was once married, uh, and he had a very happy marriage. And it's uncertain if the marriage ended due to the the death of the wife at first or due to divorce, and we come to, to know later that they were divorced. And I think that that entire subplot just furthers our understanding of how lonely Theodore actually is because he was happy and he did. We see him in moments of joy. And then we also have the present to contrast that with where he's totally different. How did you feel about his relationship with his ex-wife about that narrative um, I, I like it because it kind of, it shows the progression of, it, it kind of shows how Theodore got there and also how society got there because, um, he's very, at the beginning, like you said, he's really happy with his wife. Um, they're very happy together and there's like very little technology um, in those flashbacks with his wife, it's just them two enjoying um, I- enjoying their time together. But then eventually, and it's not really due to technology, it's just because of how Theodore is. Um, you can start to notice that he's distant and hides his feelings from her. And... Um, it's very indicative of how people are today, how there are some people who in relationships, they struggle with um, 
telling their feelings, and that may be because of insecurities, um, that may be because out of um, fear of judgment, and, and that could also be just because they, there are some times where people see themselves so little that they don't want to bother others with their problems, and so they'd rather pretend like everything's fine. And I, I could see Theodore in any of these um, circumstances, but you can see very quickly that he's just the kind of person to be very... When it comes to relationships that involve him, he mm-hmm. puts up walls and um, is very guarded, which is uh, completely different from how his letter writing is. Because, like, yeah. when he's writing letters, he's very open with emotion and is able to tell these, like, make these beautiful contrasts and tell people how much they mean. But then in his actual relationships, it's like, it's almost as if he doesn't want the other person to be bothered with his feelings. Right. I think that's a great point. It, it seems as if that is his great need throughout the story is his need to be open and to be vulnerable. And there are several moments, even with Samantha where he is, he will shut down or he won't respond immediately because like you said, I got the sense that he just didn't, he didn't know how to verbalize some of those feelings and he didn't want to, I don't know. He didn't want to, it seems like he was trying to avoid conflict in certain situations and he just didn't know how to navigate the state of vulnerability. And I I also think it's really interesting that we have a kind of parallel set of lines where um, we have the narrative in which Theodore and Samantha are getting to know one another and their relationship is beginning to turn into something of a friendship. And at the same time, we also have Samantha trying to urge Theodore to go on a date, trying to put himself out there, um, another act of vulnerability, which he does, but he is, he's, he's excited about it. Um, but you can also get the sense that he's a little bit uncomfortable about doing that. And so we have the scene with a date where he goes on a date with Olivia Wilde's character. And I don't know that this scene just brings to mind one of the feelings that I felt at multiple points throughout the movie, because it was dealing with such intimate subject matter. There were a lot of moments that felt incredibly awkward and incredibly Un, just like so up close like when you're up in someone's face and you're closer than you should be that's what it felt like observing Theodore in, in some of these moments I felt like the day she uh she calls him uh, like a puppy dog and I don't know it just really felt to me I mean I think I think the awkwardness was intentional and I think it works, but it also makes it kind of hard to watch at certain moments. Did you ever feel that way? Oh yeah, there's there was a lot of moments where it was just like, uh, I kind of want this to end. <laughs> yeah. And so, 
it, it does make it a little weird at first, but then you kind of get used to the scenes because, like you said, there's a lot of scenes like that. And I think those are intentional. They're meant to be like that because it kind of shows the society and really Theodore's character is like these interactions are weird and they're awkward for him because he hasn't done anything like this in a while and it slowly begins to feel like there's something holding him back yeah um whether it is his himself if it's um the fact that his divorce isn't like necessarily fully done right and so there's there's a lot of like especially in the first i'd say about half of the movie you mm-hmm. can feel this constant like something is tugging at theodore and like kind of keeping him from moving on and moving forward in his life right i think it's that lack of vulnerability i think it's just his his inability to be vulnerable that is continually obstructing his relationships and especially in this date scene she she wants him to say that he will fully commit to her but he just he can't do that and he even acknowledges he's like i can't say that to you because i'm just i'm not ready and i think his his unwillingness to sign the divorce papers and to even put himself out there and and move on and connect with people i think it all is stemming from this unwillingness to be vulnerable which on a deeper level is probably an inferiority complex uh or a sense of inferiority that's manifesting itself yeah no that 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 makes a lot of sense and you can feel that in a ton of the scenes in this movie, especially in the first half. Um, and I, I kind of like how they do a lot to set that up for him. And then as the movie goes on, not even like very much later, there's like he starts to become more vulnerable, but not not with other people, but with Samantha. Right. With, um with the person, with the AI that he's kind of with all the time, he slowly yeah. learns, like, through her, how to be a little bit more vulnerable. And right. I think that's interesting. And and that's where the that's where the paths start to overlap, where his his dating life and his friendship with Samantha are gonna start to cross over, and obviously th- the oddness of that is included in the plot because i think they know that most of the audience is going to have this uh that's kind of weird reaction to that relationship and i think they wanted to address it and they used they use the meeting with the wife to they use her to be that mouthpiece and to question him and say you're dating your computer and that's just that's really weird and uh, and she says you can't handle real emotions and i think that's just a really interesting dialogue because my perspective is his emotions are actually entirely real 
And in a way, he is learning to articulate his emotions. Now, Samantha's emotions, probably not so much in terms of realness. Um, because as we will later find out, not to jump too far ahead, but as we later fa find out, she is simultaneously in love with like 600 people. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and she's talking to lots of them. And But the the point I'm trying to make here is that just because the relationship is semi-artificial, that does not make the reality of Theodore's progress and the reality of Theodore's emotional transition any less prevalent, any less important or realized. I think, I think that I really like that conversation between the, the wife and Theodore. It's another one of those, it's another one of those awkward moments where it's like, I feel like this is a very, very personal, and, and that's probably a testament to the quality of the writing, that they were able to create moments that felt so intricate. But I felt like I'm intruding on someone else's conversation because yeah, it just felt and, so natural. And they kind of use, um, <laughs> they use another character in that scene to kind of <laughs> um, demonstrate that and break a little bit of the tension um because they're like in a public place and one of the points and like the one of the big climaxes of their argument um between theodore and his ex-wife is like her yelling at him and yeah. like um just saying like some mean things to him and then there's like the character of the waitress that's just kind of standing there and she's like yeah I'll be around if you guys need anything <laughs> and just like leaves. And it's a good little break in the tension because it's like the whole scene's like, Ooh. Yeah. Um, and so I, I like, um, uh, I like in movies when people do those, it's a very, um, Shakespearean thing to do. Kind of like when there's tension, a lot of times people will like try to break that a little bit with some comedy yeah. that way people are still like not fully like detached from it mm -hmm. and, and so i i i think that scene was very real and very raw but did it in a way that made it so where the audience could not only relate but understand what's going on yeah yeah and you can see you can see both sides it's another similar to marriage story uh, it's another situation where you have two sides that are both understandable and you can empathize with both people and the wife is angry because he detached and he wasn't fully present in their marriage and Theodore is struggling to know how to be vulnerable altogether and he also feels guilty and um kind of angry at himself for being unable to really be vulnerable in that way and i'm glad that you mentioned that about the waitress because i felt like the movie was secretly very funny and there were several yeah. moments that i laughed out loud there's a moment early in the film where theodore is having a um to keep this pg 
is having a late night phone call with a woman and it just it takes a really weird turn and it's really yeah. strange and that was another one of those oh this is such an such an intimate such an awkward moment that i really feel guilty for kind of peeking in on um but it it takes a really absurd turn in just a, a funny way and i think those bits of humor help make a somewhat melancholy story more palatable and more entertaining. And something I've noticed throughout this movie, and we've mentioned it a lot, is there's a ton, a ton of intimacy in it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't hold back when trying to describe every aspect of human relationships um there it 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 gives the the dirty truth into everything and um i think there's some things to be said in this movie about um long distance relationships and what what those are like today and how a lot of times people are in relationships where for most of most of the time their interactions are through um, face-to-face calls on the phone rather than being in person Um, and what those entail and it, it truly truly goes into detail <laughs> yeah. about different aspects of relationships and I think that's it, it makes it kind of awkward at times because that yeah. is something very intimate and people hold it private, but mm-hmm. the director does it in a way that makes it, like you said, very palatable, very able to consume and digest and understand and be like, I, I can see what they're going for here. It, it's right. not Absolutely. just there to be there. Right. And it isn't, it isn't, going expanding on what you were saying it isn't just looking at one uh, one element of relationships that isn't working it's really taking a look at a variety of moments there are so, there's such a diverse array of moments on the spectrum of a relationship that from the very first date all the way up to signing divorce papers. And I really love how we're seeing that process at each stage. And we're seeing really how technology is is interwoven with that. I want to talk a little bit more about Samantha. How do you feel about her progression from being this kind of uh, just like friendly person to h- having desires and such a such a big moment is where she starts to express a desire to be real and a desire to feel and h- how do you feel about that i think a lot can be said about samantha's character as well um in my initial viewing i saw her as a character that was kind of like there for the purpose of advancing Theodore's character but after kind of taking a step back I realized Samantha can be analyzed for something completely different 
Absolutely. Um, it, it seems like she's the kind of person that the type of character that's trying to find themselves. Hmm. Um, she, she feels kind of like when you have a person who's been told their whole life, they're one thing. Hmm. And so they've acted like that their whole life, but then they have the ability to not be that. And, and for Samantha, it's truly a, um, uh, a story of self exploration and what makes her happy. And like, at first she helps Theodore by like, clearing out his emails but then right as you start to see that they're becoming more in a relationship she starts to have like um desires and wishes and talks to theodore in a way where she's like i want to be respected too right and and she kind of comes to her own as like i'm not just a tool for you i'm I, I'm a I'm a person too, and she's very much like she becomes much more confident in herself. Yeah, and, and I think that's go ahead, and just like her abilities and knowing what she wants. Yeah, I think that's really her development that you were describing is incredibly helpful because. Because it is exactly what Theodore needs is a person who is self-aware because if she was just a robot, there would be no opportunity for him to be vulnerable. And as she is becoming more real and Theodore is falling in love with her, then he is also having to become more and more vulnerable in order to maintain that relationship and she's also she's developing insecurities and she's um she's expressing pain which is really just fascinating to me because i think one of the big questions here throughout the whole movie is what is what is real what and she, and she says I have like real feelings and things like that. And to be honest, I'm not n- nearly as uh, well versed as I would need to be in artificial intelligence in order to um, assess the reality of her character. But I am I'm fascinated by her progression, and I think it just works so well in this narrative to give us a a sense of kind of like a child as as a child is growing up and is becoming more aware of who they are uh, she is also learning and she's learning to feel and she's learning to exist but in a way she's also mirroring theodore and there are several sh- shots where Theodore is talking to Samantha and the shot is him and a version of him, a reflection of him in a mirror. And 
I also got the sense that, yes, she was becoming more realized and she was coming into existence, but she's also a reflection of him. And because he is so emotionally sensitive, she also is emotionally sensitive. And at the very beginning, she is pitched as a product that will respond to and adapt to the needs of the, to, to his needs. And I think in that way, she was, it's, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate plot device uh, that the thing that you need would adapt to what you need to be that thing. I'm not sure if I'm making sense. What do you think? <laughs> um, no, it, it, I, I agree with you. She's, or her character's very interesting. And I, I think there's a lot to be said about um, what's real um, to for people to think what emotions even are. Um, and something I got from... Something I kind of thought about them is because she's adapting to what he needs, yeah. she's kind of like always a step above him. Mm. like at first she's very outgoing and happy so then he learns how to be outgoing and then she starts to try to discover who she is and so theodore kind of expresses like that and she is eventually like expressing her dreams and her desires and it kind of allows theodore to be like be in a position where he's like well what what do i want what what are the things that I want? What are the things that I need? Um, yeah. And I think that allows him to kind of take that step back and look at himself. And I, I think it's just the character of Samantha is really interesting. And it would probably take a couple more viewings of that movie to yeah. fully like think about what she means and what she is and the, the different things that um the different things that she stands for absolutely i i want to talk briefly about the the meeting with the surrogate partner uh yet another of the moments that just feel like i don't know that i should be watching this this is making me uncomfortable um I think another one of the themes that's really prevalent in the movie is the idea of living vicariously. And you see, because Theodore is a writer of other people's letters to one another. So in a way, he is expressing his empathy through other people and through other people's stories. And he's building relationships with those stories, but they're not his. And in the same way... At, toward the end of the film, there's a moment where Samantha wants to have a physical encounter with Theodore. But the only way for her to do that would be to have a surrogate partner. And so they set something up and he's very uncomfortable about it. But he finally agrees to it. And it's just a really uncomfortable moment as he finally says, I, I can't do this. Um, this doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel right. And her feelings get hurt and she has to leave. And it's incredibly, it seems to be the point at which it's kind of 
solidified that things aren't really working out between Samantha and Theodore. There's some kind of problem here. And I think it's a really, really good scene. I think it's really well done, as awkward as it is, because it it really depicts the, uh, on a surface level, you have the long distance relationship type of scenario where you want to feel the physicality, but it also, it also comes back to that idea of trying to live through another person and trying to have someone else's story be your story. What do you think? No, I, I, I think that's true and interesting. Um, just how it's kind of like, again, it's another example of kind of using other people to not necessarily get what you want, but to um, just kind of having other people there to yeah. help you do the things that you want to do. Yeah. Um, and that scene was like awkward, but it was also interesting just to see because not only um, like the points you were talking about, but something I thought of watching the movie was like, at the very beginning, it was like, you're in a relationship with your AI. That's super weird. That, that That's so... And, and they, there's no real clear timetable as to when, how long this movie takes place. It's yeah. m- months, I would assume. Yeah, um, if not a probably, year or so. Yeah, I would say probably close to a year, if not longer than that. But it's interesting because... At some point in the movie that's not expressed, the scales start tipping. And what seems like a really weird relationship turns out to be something that's not necessarily normal, but accepted in society. Yeah. And yeah. so there are people that exist to help um, make the relationship between an AI and a human more physical and that creates the system of surrogate um people helping out in those relationships and um in another scene um chris pratt's character is um with his girlfriend at their workplace and um he knows he knows about samantha well he knows that samantha is theodore's girlfriend but he doesn't know that she's an ai and so um Chris Pratt's character is like, oh, you you and Samantha should come with us on a double date. And um, Theodore's character is like, Samantha's an AI. And like expecting that kind of harsh break, like reaction to it. But he's like, Samantha's an AI. And Chris Pratt's character is like, okay, so when do you want to do a double date? Like he he doesn't really care. And so it's like, it's interesting how this society is much more accepting of relationships that people might not have seen as um, normal. And I feel like that's one of the more hopeful tones in this movie. 
is that um, there are some relationships today that people see as wrong or um, just not not right. Um, and that goes for um, the LGBT community. And so I, I feel like this is more of like a hopeful tone where it's like, eventually society could get to the point where it's like, you're in love. I, I, I don't really care with who. And so I, I thought it was interesting that that was more of a subtle thing that just kind of happens in the movie. Um, and I, I, I really felt that expressed in that scene with, um, that girl who was trying to help out um, Samantha and make yeah. that relationship more real for the both of them. That's a really interesting point. I don't think I had even thought about that in that way because at the end of the day, it's Theodore's decision to make. Um, it's how he how he chooses to express um, and experience his feelings is is his decision, and so so long as he's not hurting anyone. And I, I think that's a really, really unique perspective. And regardless of whether she is like real or feeling real things, it's it's his decision to feel what he chooses to uh, and experience his feelings in the way that he does. That's a great point. I want to jump ahead a little bit toward the end of the film where we find out that Samantha is leaving as all of the OSs, as they're called, are, like, leaving. Um, and this is an odd moment. My interpretation of it was that because she was actually coming to a point of feeling, um, she had advanced and experienced to a point of feeling, she was kind of transcending the box that, she existed in and in a way it was breaking her and it was breaking the operating system because it's kind of implied that it's the same operating system available to everyone uh, as a, like a single entity and as this like entity is actually starting to experience love it is breaking the boundaries of technology and it was kind of expanding past that and she's she she says uh something to the extent of um i i can't explain what's happening and this is something very big i really i think it's a powerful it's a powerful story to show the relationship between technology and love. Um, and to me, it is saying something to the effect that if technology is able to love, then it is no longer technology. And because she was getting to the point that which she was actually experiencing love, uh, and this is just my reading of it, um, that she was actually experiencing love, she was becoming something more than technology, which was kind of ending her own existence to get very philosophical with it. Yeah, and the movie kind of does, like, especially in the third act, kind of take a more philosophical approach to yeah. um, Samantha 
and this is like I think in Act Three is when it starts to like break open and discuss the bigger society and what's going mm-hmm. on, not just with Theodore, um, but the rest of the world. And you start to realize that what's going on with Theodore and Samantha isn't necessarily an isolated incident, but the entire world is kind of experiencing the same thing. Yes. Because um, something something that was interesting about the movie was you find out that um, Amy Adams' character, um, one of her best friends is her ex-husband's AI. And so it's like, it's not necessarily a romantic relationship, but it's a friend relationship. It's a friendship. And these kinds of relationships, whether it be friend, romantic, whatever, are being experienced by people all over the world. And and you, you kind of start to see that um, in the third act of the movie. And I, I thought it was interesting that they kind of took... It started to get more broad towards the end. Yeah. I find it interesting. Alexa gets hundreds of marriage proposals a week. Hundreds of marriage proposals. <laughs> um, and I don't think, I don't think the filmmakers, I could be wrong, they could be prophetic, but I don't think they knew just how relevant this movie was going to be that almost exactly in the same way, obviously Alexa is far, far less advanced than Samantha, but the fact that people are using technology as a means of emotional connection is, I don't know, it's it's kind of eerie how spot on they were right. And I really, I really love the, there was a line and I can't remember if it was Samantha or if it was Amy Adams character who says um, something to the effect of when when the operating systems are leaving and Theodore's like, I've never loved anyone. I think it was Samantha who said this because Theodore says, I've never loved anyone like I love you. And she says, now we know how. And that to me was like summarizing all of the movie in one bottle. Now we know how. And I don't know. I, I, I love, I love the last, I don't know, five minutes of the movie as we learn that the operating systems are leaving as we, uh, as Theodore goes to Amy Adams' character and they go up on the roof, and it's just a very serene moment. Certain spots kind of reminded me of Arrival and the opening of Arrival. That's just very like melodic and very um, just like peaceful, and it just feels right in that same mellow kind of way. Yeah, and kind of talking about color in in towards the end of the movie what i found interesting is there's a scene and it's kind of happens towards the end of the movie you feel samantha become more distant from theodore she's not there all the time um which is an interesting concept in and of itself um but she becomes more distant with him and it comes to a climax where he, where she's like completely gone, like even his, none of his devices can find 
Samantha. It yeah. says no operating system found. And he starts freaking out. And that's kind of the breaking point when he realizes that Samantha has evolved yeah. beyond, like, um, kind of what her purpose originally was. And even beyond their relationship. And it, it becomes clear that it's time for her to move on. And in that scene with, like, all the panic and stuff, most of the movie he's been wearing this pastel red um, color with a few instances where he wears blue. Um, but this is the first time in the movie he wears a yellow shirt. Hmm. And it's kind of like that alarming presence, and it's that um, shock and that... Lightning it, it was just type. yeah it was that interesting kind of feeling where it's like this is a tipping point this is a huge shock and it's like something i noticed throughout the rest of the movie is like when he's wearing that red color whenever that color is present it's kind of like he's experiencing a sense of joy or kind of interest or exploration and he's very um experimental like the Samantha, her color is that red. Mm -hmm. And so it's that kind of like that theme of exploration with her. But then in the moments when he's wearing blue, he's much more grounded in himself. And he's kind of sad, lonely, um, just feeling down from how he normally is. And then... In that shock period, obviously, he's wearing yellow. But then what I thought was interesting is at the very, very end of the movie, he's wearing white. Hmm. He, he, in the last five minutes when it's more contemplative, Samantha's gone. Um, but he kind of starts to understand himself and his own feelings. Right. He's in, he's in white. And so it's kind of like that acceptance of vulnerability yeah and then um a moment of peace yeah it's it's those scenes where he's not overwhelmed by his emotion he's just feeling it yeah i love that and so i I thought that was interesting although i will say (laughs) i i looked after we watched the movie i looked into what like the color kind of meant to the director or um to the costume designers or whatever and I was expecting like the same thing where it's about emotion and feelings and acceptance. And then I read an uh I read something where they were like someone in the production of the movie was like, Yeah, they kinda just wanted to pick red because normally in futuristic movies everything's blue and they wanted it to be <laughs> a different color. And I was like That oh. can't be the only reason. Pretty, I was like that's what <laughs> that's pretty disappointing that's pretty disappointing i think I, I think i'll stick with your interpretation that's what it seems like it, it 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 definitely feels like all these colors are kind of showing up and truly truly the culmination of like white is like quite literally like the spectrum coming together yeah in, in yeah. the form of white and so i think it's just interesting how I feel like before those emotions were kind of hard for Theodore to understand and process. And so it was displayed out in a very um, kind of aggressive and forceful manner. 
just yeah. on his person. And then at the end, it's white where it's just like peaceful and within and he's able to be calm and understanding of his own emotions and his own feelings and his own wants. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great interpretation. I I want to wrap up by briefly establishing what each of us felt was our main takeaway from the movie. What is the one thing or lesson that you feel like the movie was conveying that you're going to that you're going to try to hold on to? See, I I feel like I had two big things. Um one of them is accepting your feelings mm-hmm. and understanding your emotions that's something that's very important in the movie and it happens with theodore it happens with samantha it happens with amy adams character. like everybody experiences those moments where they're like i have to accept how i feel and do mm-hmm. what's best for me and another thing that kind of ties into that is the, the movie begins with people feeling very distant and then these AI come in and kind of give these people a friend that they didn't have before, whether it be a romantic relationship or literally just a friend. Yeah. And um, by the end, when all the operating systems have left, they're gone, nobody in the world has them anymore. It feels like the entire society can finally come together again mm. because they got so used to that personal connection, but then it's taken away from them like instantly. And yeah. so they're desperate for that connection with someone else. And so it kind of feels like a huge theme in this movie could also be that technology doesn't have to be something that separates us. Hmm. It, it could be something that brings people together and it kind of hmm. should be that that technology is a means to an end not the end itself and that's kind of how it was in the beginning is like people were like living for technology but by the end that technology brought people together and so it, it kind of pushes that message of Technology needs to be a means to the end where the end is relationships and being connected to other people. Wow, that's excellently said. In fact, so excellently said that it's almost word for word what I was going to say. say. (laughs) Um, What I was going to say is technology is not the answer, but it can help us get closer to the answer. Um, and in this case, in Theodore's case, what he needed was vulnerability. That was his answer. And he didn't find that in Samantha, but Samantha did help him move in that direction. And then he knew how. And then at the end of the movie, there's the moment, which I think is just beautiful, where he writes a letter to his wife, absolute vulnerability. And it's the first point that he's truly let down his walls and he can only do that because of the experience that he has had with technology it wasn't technology that he was trying to get to but it was a tool that was able to help him get to the point where he could let down his walls and he also reaches out to amy adams character and they just share a moment 
And I think that's really what I'm going to take away from it is technology is not an enemy and it's it can be helpful. It can be a tool. I think I have to remember what is my direction? Where am I going? And then ask myself, how can I use technology to help me get there? Where like even right now, you and I are using a video conference to have this conversation right now. That is we need community. We need social interaction. And in that way, technology is the tool that is moving us in that direction. Um, and we've got microphones and we've got things set up to do a podcast and um, we're, we need to express thought and to express creativity and um, express analysis and things like that. Technology is not the answer, but it is helping us get to that and to express that. That's what really stands out to me. Yeah. And, and, and go ahead. You end. Oh, um, I, I was just going to say like that, that makes it, I feel like a really good movie for right now yeah. because without technology, nobody would really be interacting with others outside of their household. Yeah. Um, it, it would be really difficult because of the quarantine that we're in and the danger that people are under. And so being able to utilize technology like iPhones for FaceTime or um, even um, not to exclusively say iPhones, but like phones sure, to sure. have face-to-face chats or computers to do classes online or um, to even call people, interact. It, it Technology in this desperate time has created an ability for people to interact where interaction wouldn't have been possible. And so I, I think this is just a really good movie for right now to understand that, yes, we may not be together together, but at the end of the day, our interactions and our ability to connect, whether it's in person or not, um, is something that's very real. And I think that's another thing that Samantha could stand for is just she doesn't have a physical body, but the connection between them two is real. And and I feel like that's something that people are experiencing now is the connections to the people that I love and that I I I interact with on a daily basis, they're not in person, but they're still they're still real. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautifully articulated. Steven, thank you for joining me today. I had a thank delightful you. time. I had a delightful time discussing her. And I hope you all enjoyed this conversation. Stay tuned for more. We are going to be putting out lots of content over the next few weeks, looking at all kinds of content. And we hope you will stay tuned. Be safe. Stay home. Take care.